G'day punters and welcome to Tabs Inside 50. Nick Quinn and Shane Crawford here. We're a week removed from you dropping your top eight for 2020. What's the reaction been like? Well, I've changed it this week. You've changed it? <laughs> no, no, no. You've updated um, it? It's very, very hard to do um, to try and work out a, a top eight. But uh, no, I'm, I'm happy with the top few. And then I reckon it's a flip of the coin to see who else can work their way into it. But very excited. The season's about to start. Cannot wait. I can't wait to have a little fighter. It's going to be absolutely superb. Now, for those that have missed your top eight, I'll go through it again now. This is at the end of the home and away season. On top, you've got Richmond. Second. Happy with that. You've got Collingwood. Mm -hmm. Third, GWS. Yep. Fourth, Hawthorne. Controversial. Fifth, West Coast. (laughs) Yep. In six, you have Brisbane. Yes. Seventh, Geelong. Now, they were the minor premiers last season. Yes. And in eighth, Port Adelaide. We'll start at the bottom. Port Adelaide, you anticipate after a couple of seasons maybe teasing their supporters a little bit, they can take the step up and get the job done this year. Under uh, enormous pressure to perform this year, and not just to win some games, actually make the final. So um, I I just think that uh, they're definitely capable. They need to just try and get so to all their fringe players fit and healthy and just give them every possible chance from the list that they have. And I think they've got a, a pretty good list when you look at it, but they just need to try and keep everyone out there, which is the difficult um, situation with Port Adelaide. Um, you know, when you've got players like Robbie Gray fighting through your middle, he's as good as you're going to see playing AFL football with what he can do and he can go forward and, and kick goals. So he seems to be... Uh, okay now because he was a bit of a question mark, but um, they would have got him right, ready to go, and I think he's crucial into how the season unfolds. So I can see them slotting into uh, the top eight somewhere. Now, Geelong's probably the one that we look at and see the biggest differential from what they did last year. Now, they were minor premiers, and they were at halftime of the prelim final looking forward to going to the big dance, but unfortunately for their supporters, the Tigers came roaring over the top of them. They did look very lacklustre in a 32-point loss to GWS round one, which seems a year and a half ago itself, but it certainly is just as important as any other round one heading into round two. And you anticipate they'll be 0-2 to start the 2020 season come Friday night. Well, no, they're every chance to win (laughs) against uh, the Mighty Hawks. Don't put the short step in now. No, 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 but, um, well, they're very capable. We know that. They've got, you know, some, some absolute stars in their side, but... I just – the way that I'm looking at um, Hawthorne, I was comparing Hawthorne Geelong for, you know, slotting into possibly that fourth spot. But the more I look at the two teams, I just think Hawthorne have more players that devote their game to the team, and um, which people can go, oh, that's a bit controversial or whatever. But it, it just is. I reckon they've got so many role players, Hawthorne, and and their mindset is just how can I help my teammate? How can I help the team? Whereas – I just think, I don't know, you know, there's a lot of question marks with uh, some, some Geelong players who are coming towards the end and are they still, you know, uh, ahead of certain players? You know, Jack Stevens, does he slot into the team? So I still think they're trying to work out their perfect mix. Um, you know, they've got some new forwards into the mix. So I still think they're a work in progress. So I need to, I need to watch, uh, you know, three or four games with the Cats just to get a bit of a reading on where they're at, but also who fits into their best starting lineup. The Brisbane Lions you've got for sixth. I think a lot of people would have the Lions in that spot. They had a really good home and away season last season, but unfortunately were bounced in the first two weeks of the finals. You've got West Coast in fifth. Now, they're the team I'd probably have a little higher personally. 
Obviously, what, they won the that? premiership two years ago. Well, I thought that the wheels fell off them a little bit late last year after they won the flag. They did have a lot of injury problems. I think that will be rectified this time. They've got that massive home ground advantage when they do play at home, and they were outstanding round one against so Melbourne. when are they going to play at home? Well, that's a good question, but they so will what, get their what time. what happens if they don't play home all year? Well, that would be a, a bit of a concern, and so obviously I, that is the element of risk involved <laughs> with all these teams. But you would imagine at some stage they would have access to home ground, and it would be a big home ground advantage. They beat the Ds by 27 points in round one. They do travel well, so if the season does resemble somewhat of normality and they do get a crack at home, I think they'll be up there. But the question is, who would I take out of the top four? And I don't know. Well, you've got... You know, Rioli was a super important player with the role that he played. So you're really relying on, um, you know, someone like a, uh, a Liam Ryan, who's a, a super player himself. You know, Kennedy just had a lot of injuries and just is looking sort of like an older style play, player, but he's so classy, you know, that he can produce the goods. So does he have another year or two to really shine and, and get West Coast up to the very top? They've got a very good midfield, you know, put Shuey and you've got Gaff floating through there. Um you know, they've got a good mix and, and their back line holds up really well. The only thing that threw me was I just don't know when they're going to go home. Yep. So that, for me, became a real big question mark and I decided to uh, to go with a side that has got the four points and I think have got a bit of improvement in them. You've got your Hawks in fourth spot. We've been over that. And then you've got GWS third, Collingwood second and Richmond on top. Now, the Tigers, they've won... Two of the last three premierships, the year they didn't win the premiership, they won the minor premiership. How hard is it going to be for them to be at the top of the tree for a fourth straight season? When they uh, they fell out of the finals a couple of years ago, uh, they were cooked injury-wise and they went soft on them um, in the finals. So they, I think they won, then they had a two-week gap and they won and then they had another two-week gap. So, um, so what happened there, because they had a lot of injuries, they tried to nurse them through. And in the end, it pretty much, I think, cost them. And I this is in 2018. Yeah, I think they learnt a great deal from that year in, in the way that they were preparing and, and what actually they needed to do. Because I think what happens, and we've seen this with the buy, and we've seen Geelong as being a team that you sort of don't back coming off a buy because uh, for some reason they've, they've really struggled. But a lot of the teams have had great success. On that weekend when everyone should be having a buy and a rest – they still smash them on the Friday. They still have a, a pretty much a game to try and keep in a, a fairly routine sort of uh, style of training and and it just keeps your body. And as, as I suppose I try and tell people when you go away on a holiday and you come back, first day of work or even first week, you're sluggish, you struggle, you start, you know, you're not getting straight back into the grind. But that second week, you got your flow and away you go. And that's very much for the AFL footballers. They're in such – they're such finely tuned athletes – uh, they're in such routine, kicking, running around, tackling. You give them that real break in the middle and um, and their bodies don't know what's going on and all of a sudden they start to take their foot off a touch. And it can be disastrous and it has been for Geelong when you look at their record coming off a break. But, um, yeah, so I, I just think that needs to be handled really well and I think, think some clubs really thrive in that area. So coming off the coronavirus, you'll see some clubs really – sort of thrive and, and come through that really, really well. And so some others will take a little while to find their feet. Now, we're about to recommence the 2020 season. And I thought it'd be a good chance for us to go back down memory lane and talk about your first season I thought you were well. going to say, who did I predict last year? And I'll tell you who I predicted. I predicted Melbourne. 
and they finished second last, third last. <laughs> so I don't get ahead of myself in this game. They were tracking. Um, they were tracking the way that you want to track as an AFL side that's that's working their way back up towards the top of the ladder. But they had a, a horrendous fall, you know. So I'm just I'm not getting ahead of myself in this game. I know uh, you should bask in all your glory when you get things right, but I definitely got it wrong last year. At the start of last season, I tipped. Richmond for the Premiership. Yes. Well, and yeah. Melbourne for the minor Premiership. Well, yeah, see, so you so went far was... off. But and then halfway through the year, I said, you the did. Tigers, you can't beat them. But uh, it makes it very different. Once you get a bit of a, a gauge on where the list's at and what's going on and, and mentally where the team's uh, tracking, uh, then you can start really sort of backing in your judgment a bit. I tell you what, if Melbourne can lose to Carlton this week, the media will have a field day oh, next week. I, I fear I fear for Melbourne if they drop this game. And do you know what? Don't underestimate Carlton because Eddie Betts comes back in. So this will be his first game for the Blues because he didn't play in round one and they really need that sort of energetic, sort of classy um, small forward. And, and he's he's not classy. He's a, he's a freak. He's a superstar. He really is. He just gets to the right spots, puts good pressure on. But when he gets a chance, he doesn't miss. So they're going to have to watch him and watch him very, very closely. Let's go back to 1993. Round one, your first game of AFL. What can you remember? Well, it was against the D's out at Waverley, when Waverley, uh, which was pretty exciting, you know, running out for the Hawks. Um, I was the only young sort of player in that team at the time. And um, yeah, it was running around at Waverley, which was a big oval, so that suits me. Um, I don't think I touched the ball in the first quarter. I remember Martin Pike, who was playing for Melbourne, wiped me out as I went for it at one stage. That was my introduction. And then after that, the second, third and fourth quarters, I, I got a little bit of the footy and ended up kicking a goal, uh, kicking a goal in the last quarter. So that was, pretty, that was pretty special. First game of AFL football, we beat the Ds. Kicking a goal and, um, yeah, started to feel like, okay, come on, you can make a career out of this. Can you remember singing the song for the first time following that victory? Uh, no, nah, it's all a blur. But, um, you know, I do remember running out and, and how special it felt. And, and obviously my mum was there and, um, you know, it was just a, a really good time. Lots of, lots of people uh, getting behind me and it was, yeah, it was pretty special. And a lot of people would think that it's very tough to start your AFL career, but you probably showed in round two, 1993. It was an absolute walk in the cake. Mate. Tell us about that day against the Swannies at the SCG. Well, it's funny. I, um, I actually was running late for the plane um, and I got in trouble. So much so that I, I stayed at a friend's house the night before. Um, just, just a new relationship at the time. <laughs> And, um, and so I, I was running late. So I went to 7-Eleven. This is true. I went to 7-Eleven. I got a pie and a big M and that was my breakfast. And I rang and said, I'm running late. I'm really sorry. I won't be far away. Thought I was going to miss the plane. And they said, hey, you need to switch on. And I'm thinking, okay, yep. They said, John Platten's pulled out. So you're going to play Rover. Because uh, obviously I was playing forward pocket near Jason Dunstall. And I thought, okay, cool, this is good. So I, I, start, I played on a Malakalis. So we sort of were running on, playing on each other all day. And, um, yeah, it was great. We had a great win and I kicked a few goals. You kicked five goals and the team won by just under 10. So <laughs> it was a pretty impressive performance. Your personal stats were terrific and the fact the team hits around running and you were two and zip. <laughs> What's the closest to a game you've had a drink? A night before you'd have one or two or never that close? Um there was one time where, yeah, someone close to us passed away and we had a funeral on a Thursday and then I was playing in Adelaide on the Saturday 
and I that that was in a that was at a stage when I wasn't drinking at all. Um, but I just felt that I needed. I had a few drinks, which I obviously never told anyone, but I just felt that I needed to deal with it that way. So I had a few just to take my mind off and and deal with what had been a pretty big couple of weeks. And come the Saturday, did that impact you in any capacity? I actually had 40 possessions. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. I'm going to go get a pie, a six-pack and a big M after this chat. So maybe, maybe... If I didn't have a drink, I might have got 45. I don't know. But do you know what? We didn't win the game. Okay. So that's what, that's all that matters. I think we can say no, it didn't have any impact. The Hawks have been in the news for the wrong reasons during the course of the week after Jonathan yes. Hay made some comments about Valium and the way he described it was just an open cupboard and go and help yourself. Yeah, How I, accurate I, I, were his comments? No, that's not true. Like, I, I, I disagree with that. Um, no, no, no. We, there was always a medical cabinet, but you always had to uh, have permission to even go there. And normally... You, you couldn't just open it and grab out whatever you want. It was always a doctor um, who would grab, uh, whether it be, you know, anti-inflammatories or whatever it may be, um, and that would be a part of that process. So um, there was a time where I just think people would, uh, a bit like a lolly jar, we had a couple of players who obviously just put their hands in there and were able to grab whatever they wanted. And I just think it portrays the club in a way – like we, we weren't the best club and we needed a lot of fixing in a lot of areas, but we definitely didn't have an open cupboard policy. It just doesn't exist and there's no way the club would allow um, that situation to happen. Um, maybe they needed some padlocks on um, you know, medical cabinet, but you got to understand there's a medical cabinet that actually sits within a room. So that room would normally be locked. So you've got to get into the door and then you can get into the, the medical cabinet. So I just think... I just think at the time, I just think the way it was portrayed was, it just doesn't look good from Hawthorne's point of view, but I can assure you um, from a welfare point of view, it wasn't an open cupboard policy. Uh, That's one thing that I was a bit disappointed with. With his comments or the way it was portrayed? Oh, just the way that people think that's the situation and that's the case. You know, we we were as professional as we could possibly be at that time and I just don't think, um, I just don't think they read well for the football club. And especially everyone involved in the football club now, it's such a new group that's that's running the club uh, from a playing point of view and also behind the scenes and the, and the doctors. So I just think people read that and they think Hawthorne now as well. And I just think that's pretty unfair on such a, a wonderful group that Alistair Clarkson's been able to put together over the last 14, 15 years. Are you close with Jonathan? Uh, I, I played a lot of footy with Jonathan and um, and I like Jonathan. Yeah, I only saw him um, a week or so riding his bike with his son and had a chat and he seems like he's in a good place, which is good. So, um, look, like, as you're coming through, there's always players where you think, hang on, not sure what's going on, but we need a bit of work there. And you always had some welfare people. At the time, we had Simon Lloyd, who's now in charge of Geelong. Um, so you always sort of just thought, you know, Simon's got a lot of work trying to help some players who might need a bit of help. But behind the scenes, you don't really know because players don't really want to let their guard down and tell you how vulnerable um, they are or what's going on. And and that was certainly the case back then, whereas these days players are obviously a bit more open and they're happy to share things. But back then it was, you know, they're just trying to survive and get through and, and um, yeah, looking looking back at it, you know, I suppose I'm sure there's a lot of areas you, you would have liked, you know, them to be possibly a bit better, but all you can do is do your best and try and survive. And back then, Hawthorne trying to survive there for a while as well. 
it was a fascinating time that you played with during the 90s and early noughties there at Hawthorne. Lots of challenges, but fortunately, like most fairy tales, that career for yours did have a happy ending with that premiership. We'll talk about the premiership more throughout the course of the season. And we do want to talk about your on-again, off-again retirement following that premiership. We'll save that. We'll on-again, off-again? Yeah, well, really? I had a few whispers you were close to coming back, but we'll save that for another day. Croft put away the board games. The AFL is back. And so is the Tab Same Game Multi, where you can combine your favourite AFL markets all in the one bet. Available online for every AFL game this season to Victoria, New South Wales and ACT Tab account customers only. Gamble responsibly. Gamblers help. 1-800-858-858. Round two. Now, you shot the lights out with your predictions last season. We're going to start by taking a look at the game Friday night. Geelong up against Hawthorne at the Cattery. The Hawks, can they cause the upset? Yes, they can, definitely. Um, yeah, they certainly can. I just think they're a highly skilled team and they've got they've got all the, the pieces to the puzzle sort of connecting really well. Um yeah, and, and I, I just think they're a team that really does devote themselves to each other, and um, it's one of the uh, the great Hawthorne traits Alistair Clarks has been able to bring in. Am I concerned about Geelong? Um, yeah, they're a great side. You know, they've got Dangerfield and, and Selwood, and you've got Ablett floating through there as well. Um, you know, you've got Tom Hawkins who can kick some goals. But I, I, I just look at the odds and go, okay, if I don't look at the odds initially – these two teams, yep, can Hawthorne beat them? Yep, okay. And then I look at the odds and go, oh, hang on, Hawthorne are the wrong odds. So that's swayed me to pick the Hawks. Um, so I think the Hawks can win. I think they will win. Am I confident? Reasonably confident, but it is down in Geelong. Uh, no crowd is a bit of a factor, so that's pretty good. Yeah, I, I just think at the moment, lining them both up, I think the Hawks are, are better placed. So I'm picking the Hawks to win. And the line has moved in their favour since we spoke last. It's now at nine and a half if you want to take the Hawks at the plus to get the dollar ninety. Saturday, we go to the Gabba for Brisbane up against Fremantle. Now, this is one game you would anticipate the Lions, who were pretty well beaten by the Hawks in round one, but should be too good at home. They dominate the market at $1.35. The line here is 17 and a half with the Dockers a three twenty outsider. Any concerns for Brisbane, or does this look a lock for your multi-bets? Well, yeah, I, I think you lock Brisbane in, um, but where do you get value? I'm not sure. Maybe it's a 1-39, to because you would think Fremantle put up a bit of a fight. Um, you know, second game of the season, new coach, yeah, you know, Brisbane, I think all teams will have a bit of rust. They'll be trying to knock off the edges. So may, maybe the best player, I think Brisbane will definitely win. Um, so maybe the best players, maybe one to thirty-nine, um, in that sort of ballpark. Um, you know, you might get two bucks, two ten, two twenty. I don't know, something like that. So maybe that's the play. Maybe uh, take a risk for them to get in that ballpark. What, what is not quite that generous? A dollar eighty-five. Oh well, there you go. It might get out to a dollar ninety. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to twist it out just for the audience, but. Um, yeah, they do look a class above, and hopefully Frio can do enough to keep it competitive and the Lions can win in that bracket. Now, fascinating game. Carlton up against Melbourne. The D's $1.55. The Blues, they're a two fifty outsider. The line here at nine and a half points. Oh, geez, you'd be brave to take the short odds about Melbourne, wouldn't you? People would be saying, oh, well, you can't really trust Carlton from where they're coming from. But I know they're in their best place they've been for a long, long time, fitness-wise and, and skill-wise, which is really, really important with the, the intensity they use at training. So that's 
that's pretty good. Their last three quarters against Richmond were pretty good. You know, they were pretty competitive. Demons should win, really. Like, okay, hang on. They're a more progressed side. They should win this game. Max Gorn through the middle, giving him first use. They should, but you can't really trust them. So maybe I think Carlton can give them a real run. I do. It wouldn't surprise me if they win with Eddie Betts floating back into the side as well, giving him that real energy. But maybe, maybe because I've taken Hawthorne as a bit of a risk, you know, and over the odds, maybe you take Melbourne 1 to 39 because I think the Blues are going to be close. So maybe that's the safest play. They are playing. And I know this is a big call round too, but they're playing for this. They're playing for the season. They really are. They need to get a four-point victory. They need to get the supporters getting behind them. They need that belief back into the way they go about things. So this is this is like a grand final for them round two, which is a big call, but it is. Melbourne is two dollars one to thirty-nine. Carlton is a dollar ninety with the nine and a half start. So. Uh, maybe Melbourne one to thirty nine. Okay, I think that's the you sort of yeah. I, you I, I you, you go, want to tip the Blues, but I they do. can't quite get you across the line. And I'm I'm also mindful that you can't tip every roughie because it just probably won't happen like that. But um, I'm extremely confident they're going to be winning at some stage throughout the match. Now the game I'm most looking forward to, but also the game I'm going to miss the fact there's not fifty thousand screaming feral South Australians at all there. Is going to be a small portion of the crowd with that breaking news earlier on in the week. Is the showdown Adelaide up against Port Adelaide? Now, it's great footies back, but we will miss no crowd for a big derby like this. Yeah, always great to watch. Um, great rivalry. We love it. And South Australia, a great football state. Uh, only good people are born in South Australia. <laughs> I was waiting for that. That's um, why I was going to call them no. ferals, but I thought I'd better not. <laughs> well, we, yeah, we're all ferals, really, when you think about it. But Adelaide have copped it. They've been copying it from every direction, uh, from the coronavirus, from the camps a few years ago. They've copped it and no one's giving it much of a, a run um, against Port Adelaide. And we know these showdowns, you know, they, they can be uh, some of the great games. So you've got to give them some kind of chance. But Port Adelaide, very much like a Melbourne situation, they've got to, they've got to get going, they've got to win and they've got to make the finals this year. Otherwise, you know, who knows? There might be a few changes. But uh, I, I just think when you put that, when you put them both together, I think it's going to be pretty intense this match. I think Adelaide are really going to show what they're made of because I think the whole world's against them at the moment, the way that the media are reporting on them. So I'm expecting them to, um, to be really good competition. But Port Adelaide should find a way to win. Well, it won't be a huge margin, I don't think, but I think Port Adelaide will find a way to win. Port dollar fifty, Adelaide two sixty, the line twelve and a half, the margin option, Port one to thirty nine, a dollar ninety. If you're gonna try and double your money on something there, what would it be? Uh I've, I've, gee, you know, like th- this game is a real tricky one for me because of that rivalry and um you sometimes can bring the best out in sides when you least expect them. Port Adelaide one to thirty nine. Yeah, it surely can't be a massive margin. You'd be pretty disappointed if you were a Crow supporter and they lost by 40-plus, wouldn't you? So hopefully Port can win and win in that bracket. Now, there are some very intriguing games here. GWS up against North Melbourne is one of them. The Giants, $1.35 North Melbourne. They're a three twenty outsider. I thought the Kangas were terrific in round one, and I think yep. with so much water under the bridge between now and then, that has fallen away in terms of being talked about and thought about. The big advantage, though, is the fact we're at Giants Stadium here. 
Yeah, no, I'm a fan of the Giants. They've got they've got all the players that they want out on that field. Uh, I think they could be the 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 side to worry about the most, only if they can keep everyone going. Um, so I, I think as much as I totally agree, I think North Melbourne um, are going well and uh, they'll put up a good show. I just think the Giants, if their attitude's right, the Giants will win. That's that's the thing. Is the attitude good? I think it will be. You know, they got they got an absolute lesson in the grand final, which was embarrassing for them. Um, one thing I was a bit disappointed with is just just what they produced in that grand final. Even though they were cooked, even though they were injured and and a bit wounded, they just did not like. They didn't give a yelp. No, it, it was really really disappointing. And you know, their captain was one who who I know he was injured, but still. You've got to lead from the front. You've got to find a way to fight through. You know, there's many players that have played with injuries. And I reckon hopefully over the uh, preseason they've had a good look in the mirror. They've got their bodies right mentally. They've been able to get themselves back to where they needed to because a loss like that can be mentally, not not fragile, but can really Scar them have, mentally. It can really have a, uh, a an effect flowing on to the following year. But I know they've had their first win, but it's when they come up against the better sides – you know, they'll get a real indication of where they're at. And they need to – I know they're much better than what they produced in the grand final. I know they're a very good side when they've got their best list going together and when they mentally are all working together. I think they should just win this match. Yes, I agree, North Melbourne um, are going to be good competition, but I just think they're going to be too classy. Could they be the side that benefits from the circumstances surrounding this year with the minimal crowds? <laughs> But like we laugh about it, but it's got to be an advantage. I was at that Richmond GWS prelim, and I've never seen anything like it. I mean, 95,000 people cheering for one team, and you've got half a dozen in orange cheering for the opposition. It'd have to lift you, wouldn't it? That's why we love our game, because uh, the supporters get so involved, and it does, like I keep saying, energy with Eddie Betts, but it does. It gives you great energy, especially... Um, you know, when players do really good things, the crowd interacts or when there's goals scored, it really, it really, you know, adds so many layers to um, the team and to the players and to the levels that they can get to. So um, possibly, but I, I just think they've got a lot of players there who want to play on a big stage now. They want to get out and even though they were so poor in the grand final, but uh, we know they're much better than that and I think they'll look forward to the challenge and hopefully they can produce the goods because we've been waiting for them not just to win games, but we've been waiting for them to take apart a year, um, which they haven't been able to do yet. But they're capable. They've got so much so much talent on their books. We need a bit more from them. Croft put away the board games. The AFL is back. And so is the Tab Same Game Multi, where you can combine your favourite AFL markets all in the one bet. Available online for every AFL game this season to Victoria, New South Wales and ACT Tab account customers only. Gamble responsibly. Gamblers help. 1-800-858-858. My sleeper in 2020, the Ooh. Sydney Swans. I reckon they'll play finals footy. Do you? And I think they will beat the Bombers at $1.80 with Essendon $2.05. You love revelling in the Bombers struggling and the fans will be up and about and getting <laughs> angry and getting upset if they lose again at the SCG on Sunday, what do you make of this so fascinating clash? Why, why do you think the Swans can make the top eight? I think they've got quite a good midfield. Obviously, it is a bit of a setback with Buddy Franklin having an injury, but if they got him back at the 
disappointing end of the season. Just such a superstar target and the fact that he could get fit and make such a big difference. But I like their midfield. I think they've got some good young players coming through and they're a little bit out of sight, out of mind. I think a lot of people don't watch the Sydney Swans week in, week out. But those that do have seen the progression. They've done a really good job in blooding the youngsters the last couple of years while keeping on some of that experience because obviously if you throw them all in at once, that's obviously when you see teams beaten by 100 points or more. They've done a rebuild without bottoming out, which I really respect. Geelong, Hawthorne, Sydney, the really great clubs of the this century have done that. They've always been either competing for premierships or rebuilding, but in a way where they're still playing competitive footy week in, week out. Yeah, I, I don't agree. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I can't see them making the finals this year. Uh, I just think I, I do take a lot of your points uh, on board because I do agree with the young kids coming through and they, they have uh, blooded a, a lot of youngsters. And I just want the – I reckon they just need another year, Yep. another transition year. Um, at playing players in certain positions and, and giving them a bit more exposure to good players, good teams, um, and at a high level. Um, they're always competitive, we know that, but I, I can't see them making the top eight. Um, but then again, I might be totally wrong. I saw Melbourne making the uh, the top four last year and almost winning, but they didn't even get near it, so maybe you're right. Top 10, I reckon. I'll be a little concerned. Hang on. I think no, I'll be in the top 10. Yeah, well, I would. I, I'm pretty sure I you think said I'll have top a good eight, season. and that sort of gave well, me... Well, I've backed them to make the finals. I've backed them to make the finals. You're, so I've put my money down on them. Okay. Well, that's a long bet. That's, that's okay. A, that's a, it's a long bet, but then you got to have a go. I also back the Saints under 11.5 wins for the season, which I think would be like finding money in the street, but unfortunately <laughs> that bet is now null and void. Oh, there you go. That's disappointing. So I can lament you. that, which is a lovely segue. <laughs> now, who are you tipping, by the way? Are you Swans or Bombers? I think the Swans will win. Tip and Woody not playing. Have you ever tipped the Bombers on our segments? No, I have. It yeah, hurts you I a little have. bit, doesn't it? Well, I think uh, they've got a few injuries, and... Um, um, who's number five for them? I can't think of him. James right Hurd. <laughs> James Hurd, one of the all-time greats. <laughs> um, no, they've had a couple of little injuries, but they're real key injuries. And um, I'll talk about Devin Smith. So, you know, I know that he's, you know, there was talk about him having a few little hiccups and so forth. And I'm like, oh, he was, he's such a barometer for them. Like he does a lot of tackling, a lot of hard work, and Tip and Woody comes out of there. So all of a sudden you're taking – although I'm hearing Devin Smith might play, but all of a sudden if there's question marks around those two, I get a bit concerned for the Bombers. Round two concludes with a fascinating game at Marvel Stadium. Two teams I was really underwhelmed with both of them round one. St Kilda up against the Western Bulldogs. The Saints made a bright start against North, but very lacklustre after that with the Bulldogs. A lot of people were tipping them to beat Collingwood. And you talk about teams that didn't turn up. They did not turn up for that clash, which was inexcusable. Yeah, I wonder what's going on there because, um, yeah, or are Collingwood just way too good? Maybe. I I think Collingwood are very good. But, um, yeah, you can tell that, you know, the Bulldogs didn't have just the right application the way they went about things. And we know they're much better than that. So they'll bounce back. Don't underestimate the Saints. It it might take a little bit of time for them to gel, but – Brett Ratton's got a free run at it. He's um, he's had a, a good grounding there for a long time. You know, they've got Jared Rufford down there working with the forwards. Uh, you've got Brad Hill, who's a running machine. Hanabry's going really well through the middle. Um, they've introduced a lot of senior-type players from other clubs. So don't write off the Saints this year at all because I've got a feeling that um, under a new game plan, a new system, add some new, more experienced players, bring in some younger players. All the jacks for the Saints always play really well. Um, you know, Jack Sinclair. 
I, I just think watch this space with the Saints. I know a lot of people are going, nah, we're writing the Saints off. Wrote them off last, last year, but it's, it's a different year for them. What really you said is. about Sydney, I've got the Saints in that bracket. I think they're two years away Yeah, you think from being two? a really good team. Well, they got uh, a couple of good defenders. They got a couple of good midfielders. There's no harder runner than Brad Hill. Uh, King comes in for his he's in his third year, but he's only, he missed his first year through knee injury. So that's going to be the area. Do they have enough firepower? But they've got some really good smalls. Loney's a very good small. Um, Jack Sinclair can kick goals. There's another Jack down in the forward line, Billings, Billings. who's um, super. Super smooth and very classy. And then their midfield starting to look like a, a pretty strong midfield. They've got, um, they've got a good young ruck. I, I just think they're tracking okay. And you've got to remember with Brett Ratton, Brett Ratton coached at Carlton, made them pretty competitive, was sacked, moved on, went to Hawthorne, spent six years at Hawthorne under Alistair Clarkson. And you would say, oh, Hawthorne always have a fairly good read on what they do and how they go about it. And when you look at Hawthorne, what they've been able to do, and I know I keep coming back to Hawthorne, but... The key with Hawthorne, you've got to have good skills. So players that you bring in, they've got to be able to kick the ball really well under high pressure. And you can see St Kilda starting to force players out who turn the ball over a bit, and they're starting to bring in guys who can actually hit targets and kick the ball really well. Brad Hill, running machine, kicks the ball extremely well. You look at all the jacks, they kick the ball really well. So all of a sudden you can see a bit of a blueprint there with the way they go about things. So just don't watch the Saints. I think we might get a bit of value at the Saints on the Saints um, at times. Will they beat the Bulldogs? <sighs> um, they could. <laughs> they could. <laughs> they could. So is that a no bet game for you, or is it a back the Saints, or have something on the Saints at the what, plus? What are the odds of the Saints? Two fifty to win, dollar ninety with the nine and a half start. How, how can you back the Bulldogs at what are they a dollar? Dollar fifty five. Well, the case would so, be simple: the fact that you think they're a good team and they just ran into a genuine premiership contender. Yeah, but I'm one. just like it's, it's like your horse racing form. How can you back a horse at really short odds when they've given you nothing so far this year? They've given you an absolute mm. pile of crap, which they have, and that, that's my issue going into round two. Is Melbourne are so short? Can you back them and trust them? Oh, not sure about that. Um, then, you know, the Bulldogs. Can I back them at really short odds after what I've seen from round one? You know, Geelong, really short odds against Hawks, who look really good. Can I back them at really short odds on what I've seen? I don't know. I need to see more. I need to see a bit more. I need to see that they're gelling really well. Um, footy's very different. You need you need to have really good systems. You need to have the right players. And this time of year, the first three or four games, they're trying to work out which players are showing the right form, playing in the right spots. And for some teams, it takes a little while to really get their groove on. Now, give oh. us one bet to have in round two. You've got all the markets in front. If you want to have one bet, I don't care what kind of a price it is. Any price is a good price if it's a winning price. I don't want to. I don't want to say the Hawks because you can say it. Because if you're right, it doesn't matter. But no, if you're wrong, know, we'll be coming just... at you. Oh, we'll be coming at you, and I'll be fueling the fire too. Do you know what? Hawks to beat the Cats. Bang! One bet. Hawks to beat the Cats. You don't want to be conservative and taken with the nine and a half start. Uh, do you know what? I'm going to add some more value here. Oh, I like it. I'm going to add more value. I like it. Um, why don't we do? <laughs> 
Um, why don't we do Hawks 1 to 39 against the Cats? Hawks 1 to 39 at $2.80. Now, I'm not saying that won't happen, but I'd rather just take the 245 to win because there's nothing worse than you back a team and you cheer them all game with five minutes to go and go, oh, hang on, they can't kick another goal here. I'm going to miss the margin. But it's very hard to see them winning by 40 points or more. Yeah, that does and, look a good and, bet. And when you think about it, I watched the Hawks the other day. They're training in groups of eight. So every other team's doing that. So you can't tell me, you know, they're going to be a bit ring rusty. All the teams running around. So, will we see lots of goals kick? Probably not. Will they play a pretty defensive mindset, you know, for the way they go about things in the first couple of rounds? Probably. And then maybe they'll just start releasing the break. So maybe, yeah, I, I wouldn't expect any side to have thumping wins in round two. And that's right across the board. Especially not those two proud teams that do battle Friday night at the Cattery Crawford. It's been an absolute pleasure. Love is, is, there a, a is there something there that I can bet on, regardless of the two, all the matches, I can go, okay, Hawthorne, Geelong. No, I'm just going to pick that whoever wins is it between 1 to 39 in all those matches. Can I do a multi on every, just saying no team is going to win by over 39 points in round two? Okay, let's get it done. That's a my special, bet. That's a my special bet. for podcast listeners. <laughs> we'll find it under the Today's Specials, under the Croft Special, a price no team to win by 40 points or more in round two. We'll get the bookies to put it up now. You're not worried about West Coast against Gold Coast? No. Nah. So every game will fall in the 1-39 to bracket. Yeah. like the, Do you know the hardest cut games are the first few every year? So we're virtually going back to round one again. Off we go. And those sides are a little bit rusty. Might, might you know, fix a few little areas, but they'll still be extremely rusty. So, no, I'm very happy with that. I'm, I'm happy to have a $5 little wager on that at whatever odds you throw our way. It'll and be, be generous. Today's specials, the Croft special, no team winning <laughs> by 40 or more in round two. Very confident. I like it. Have fun, Croft. Be bad. Enjoy Sydney. Good on you, Quinny.